not accepting the status quo. You know, again, that if you want to make it in America, you got to get up early, work late, work long hours. Like mm -hmm. that's the that's the reality for the overwhelming majority of entrepreneurs. And mm -hmm. I was like, uh, uh, I don't want that. What are the shortcuts? What's the fastest way to get the most profitable, productive results with the team? And knowing what you know now, if you had to do this all over again. There was so much crap I was forcing myself to do that was essentially the equivalent of drinking bleach. And so I would do everything I could not to do them. I'd force myself to do them and I'd do a shitty job doing them because I never mm. wanted to do it in the first place. Yep. And I just figured, well, I'm a CEO, so it's part of the job. Everyone, welcome to Capability Amplifier. This is Mike Kane Exand. Tom Lambon, hello everyone. My special guest today. So 20 years ago, right before the four-hour work week came out, I got an email from Tim Ferriss asking for help. Now at the time, I had a product in the publishing space and I carelessly missed his email. Now when the book, four-hour work week, did come out, I was blown away like a lot of other people and I wound up developing a relationship with Tim. Now, it turned out my assistant, Lori, uncovered that email and we were able to reconnect. Now, Tim at the time got criticized because a four-hour work week is extremely difficult to implement for most business owners. Now, it takes a special kind of person, a special kind of business, and a special kind of mindset to be able to achieve that. And what most people found frustrating about the four-hour work week was that it wasn't an implementation guide. It wasn't a handbook. So if you're a founder... It might not be the four-hour work week you seek, but instead what you're looking for is a way to create more value in your business so when you sell it, you can have a big enough payout so that you'll never have to work again. Now what Dan Sullivan says we all want as founders are the four freedoms, freedom of time, money, relationship, and purpose. And if you talk to any business owner or founder, when it comes time to sell the business, if the business depends on you to run, the multiples you're going to get are going to be pathetic, frankly depressing. But if you've got a business that's self-managing, self-running, that doesn't need you, the multiples will be considerably higher. Plus, as a founder, you want to be able to spend the majority of your time in your superpower, your zone of genius, or your unique ability as a visionary, an ambassador working on, not in your business. You want what? All of us want, and that's freedom. So today we're going to talk about the one-day work week created by my guest, Tom Lombard. He knew me from my days as an online marketer, and when we connected at Strategic Coach. Now, when we started chatting, I was super intrigued. Now, he has two companies, and he spends one day on each per week. And last year, he took 150 days off so he could spend time with his family. Four kids, a two dogs, a bunny, a cat, and, uh, well, of course, his wife. So he's got a lot. And I don't know if there's another another critter in there, too. Is there another critter? <laughs> there's the mother-in-law. <laughs> oh, the mother-in-law, too. All right. So, so anyway, he's got a full house. But at the time, what I did is I asked him, how do you do it? And could you help other entrepreneurs do the same thing you're doing? I mean, look, I, I want the same thing he's got, too. So that's what today's interview is about. And full disclosure, we've spent the last two days, this is our third day together, preparing for this interview, documenting and spending time with the COO and integrator, Chris, who's made his one-day work week possible. And in fact, Chris 
is doing the exact same thing. So the good news is you're going to learn his framework in less than an hour. And we put together some resources that we'll share at the end of the interview, including his top technology maximizer tools. The links are in the show notes in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. So welcome, Tom. Thanks for being here, my friend. Thank you for having me, Mike. All right. Um, so I've been, of course, looking forward to this. And before we get into the nitty gritty, um, you do have four kids. You're about to get another one. What's the story there? I want you to tell a little bit about uh, the family situation. Yeah. So uh, all our four kids are adopted. So we get them. We we bought our kids. Uh, <laughs> you know, a few weeks ago, we when we were telling our kids, "Hey, we're going to get one more." You know, my youngest uh, Kaya, who's six, she's like, "Mom, are you, you going to buy another kid?" <laughs> so <laughs> so it's pretty pretty hilarious. It's so funny. Um, so. Well, uh, one of the things too that we were um, talking about, and I, in fact, I was he was just here a few weeks ago, is uh, Jim Shields, and you've got. Uh, a great why story. I think it's another reason why you and I connected and related right away. Um, so you want to tell your Jim Shields story and why that's important to you? Yeah. So Jim Shields wrote a great, uh, super easy, quick read uh, called the family board meeting, like a surfboard. And uh, the, the byline on that cover is you have 18 summers to create lasting connections with your children. Mm -hmm. And that sentence has just been ingrained and burned into my mind. You know, everyone always tells you, oh, it goes by so fast before you have kids and then you mm -hmm. have kids and you're like holy shit it's going by so fast uh but it, there's something about the way that's phrased you have 18 summers you know and they just clip on by so fast they i can't do. believe my eldest eliana is 11 so i look at that and i'm like wow i have seven summers left and yeah. you know i don't want to be the entrepreneur i've always been very selective with the amount of time i travel pretty mm -hmm. much just strategic coach um and because i don't want to be the you know the traveling dad that's always gone so busy building this company and and you know earning the money to create the freedom and life we want and then by the time i get there i look back and i go whoa my four kids are all out of the house yeah you know and there, there's this another article online something about the long tail or i forget what it was but essentially it's that by the time your kids turn 18 you've spent 96 percent of the time you will ever spend with them mm -hmm. and so you know i believe that every business owner can work less so they have more freedom and spend more time with the people who matter most. And sadly, I think that's more of a pipe dream in our society. You know, I used to belong to another organization before Strategic Coach, and the mindset was like, oh, you got to keep a close eye on your employees because they're going to screw you. And if you want to make it, you got to get up early and work late. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no way. I don't, I don't buy into that mindset. That's what really attracted me to Strategic Coach. And, uh, you know, I work from 8 o'clock to 3.30, four days a week. And... Um, I think I didn't realize, I just assumed everyone else, you know, in coach created a self-managing company. And I was mm -hmm. talking to a good friend of mine, Steve French, his dad was in strategic coach. He's been in coach for 10 years. And uh, he's like, Tom, I don't think you realize this, but I can count on my hands a number of people who ever truly built self-managing companies. So I kind of took it for granted. And um, so... I went on a little little tangent, uh, but that kind of leads yeah, that's into quite all right. where we're going. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I think, um, you know, the the theme is is clear. And again, what intrigued me was meeting someone who's actually done it. And you've got, you know, you got a complicated family situation dynamic with a lot of kids. Like you say, the mother in law lives at home. Thank God, because she's with the kids right now in Cleveland, Ohio, as we speak. That's awesome. But. Uh, let's before we get into the meat and potatoes of the system, 
I do want to, let's talk a little bit about who the one day work week is for, who you've found are ideal candidates who can successfully implement and get this. And then we'll, we'll deconstruct the, the most important things. Cause one of the other big takeaways, what you and I have in common is you're a big tech guy. You've spent a lot of time in the tech and um, doing technology management. That's one of your companies. Mm-hmm. But let's uh, let's get into the who's one day work for work week for. Yes, and and it's funny because I when I looked at a lot of other systems, I never met their criteria, but I knew what I wanted, and so I made the decision early on. Like, yeah, I'm not quite there, but I'm going to implement it mm-hmm. and and build it because I know that's where I'm going. Uh, but you know, the one day work week kind of the, this whole thing we've created is really for founders and co-founders, you know, running companies between two and 25 million. Um, you know, th- some, some of the things that, I, that tend to be consistent is they have more business than they can handle. So some companies have a marketing or growth problem, right? Mm-hmm. We're not getting enough business. We, you know, we need to find a way to do that. So you need marketing experts, but there's plenty of other companies that are on the complete opposite side of that. And so they've got plenty of business, but then they're you know they're hesitant about taking on the business because they don't have the confidence in their operations, and so they end up being tied and depended upon for everything. Right, got it. And um, uh, when you um, yesterday, I introduced you to someone who mm-hmm. I thought would be a perfect candidate to work with you. We got him on, and. Um, He's already breaking at the seams. Um, he's got tens of millions of dollars in brand new business. And right now he's just got to keep this ship together so he can fulfill and continue to grow. Cause he expects to get to a hundred million dollars in the first year. Mm-hmm. So um, as I expected, you know, he raised his hand and I mean, he was in before we, we had to talk very mm-hmm. much to him, but um, I think is there anything else that you want to add about the who this is for? Because I think he's pretty typical. He's like, I got a big problem. I have more business than I can possibly handle. Um, right now he's cash flush, mm-hmm. which is a good position to be in, but won't be in, unless all these things get fixed. Yeah, and it, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, many people would, would love to have that problem, mm-hmm. right? But it is a real problem. I've been there as well before where we had you know new clients coming in and I didn't have the confidence in my team or the, our current resources to confidently handle that and so you know the this client here he's i mean he's got clients knocking on his door saying hey i've got another 10 or 20 or 30 million dollars in revenue i want to send your way and he's having to stall mm-hmm. right I mean, that's a horrible place to be in it's a good problem but it's a very high quality real problem. problem high right? quality problem right so, on. well that's um and and i also want to go back to the tim ferris thing because um you like me we're always looking for what's a good strategy um, so Tim got scrutinized for the four hour work week being gimmicky. And even Tim would say, well, you know, people always say, well, do you work four hours a week? And he goes, no, I don't, but I could. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think what's important is he really taught a mindset and he introduced outsourcing 20 years ago. And the system was more for solopreneurs than it was for entrepreneurs versus something to build on top of, but um, you've studied tons and tons and tons of systems, strategies. Um, you know, maybe talk a little bit about what inspired you to end up building and creating what you have right now. 
I, I know you it, read I, a ton of books. Yeah, I, I think it was really led by my priorities, you know, for you know, above and beyond anything else, and not accepting the status quo. You know, again, that if you want to make it in America, you got to get up early, work late, work long hours. Like mm-hmm. that's the that's the reality for the overwhelming majority of entrepreneurs. And mm-hmm. I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't want that. And so. I, you know, continually, I, I've been seeking, you know, knowledge. I love to learn. I've read, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of books. I've been through tons of courses. I've invested probably, I'm pretty sure I'm over half a million now in personal development and courses and strategic coach and EOS, you know, implementers and all different kinds of things, you know, kind of seeking and finding the tools that I need to create this reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that that's kind of the backstory and i wasn't trying to create this you know yeah sometimes you're you're doing something you're in the moment and you don't realize where you're headed until you're on the other side mm-hmm. now that being said for years i've been writing on my goals you know i'm working one day a week in glomac it i never really knew how that was going to happen i probably didn't believe you know it could be done at the time but yeah. i continued to pursue it and, you know, over time, you know, we tried different strategies and implemented them and kept refining and, you know, looking at different systems, you know, scaling up and EOS and Patrick Lencioni and Jim Collins and that whole uh, kind of world of knowledge of, uh, you know, business strategies. And, and so, it, it, you know, it was just a synthesis of all that information over 17 years. Got it. Well, maybe, um, again, before we deconstruct this, you had a moment five years ago where you had to fix some big uh, business challenges. And I think that became the moment when you had to either do this or the business is going to fold. And um, you really figured out how to bring in the biggest solution of all, which is Chris, your CEO slash integrator. So why don't you give us that backstory and then we'll, we'll tear into the, into the, the the system itself. Yeah, so it, it was it was do or die, and I think it's a very common entrepreneurial problem. So this specific year, we had zero clients for the first six months. So you're like, okay, we got to market, we got to get new business. All of a sudden, we had it. We added on six new clients in the second half of the year, essentially growing our monthly recurring revenues by sixty percent. Awesome party celebration, you know, fun times, uh, until reality came crashing down the next year. And we lost 40% of our monthly recurring revenue because exactly what we've been talking about. We did not have the systems and the processes and the right people in place to deliver the services in a good way. So we were signing up new clients and I'd throw them in the back of the truck to get them started and another one would be falling off the back of the truck at the same time. So we were either going to fail or find a way. And so, uh, um, you know, at that time, we selected EOS uh, as a system to implement. We tried to implement it ourselves first because we were bleeding cash, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we failed. Uh, we spent a tremendous amount of time. At the end of the first day, we were worse off than we were at the beginning of the day. So that's when I knew, okay, that's why we have the credit line. I don't want to do it, but it's do or die. So we, we pulled on the credit line. We hired an EOS implementer. And we worked with them over the next two and a half years and slowly but certainly turned the ship around. Spent a tremendous amount of time developing uh, Chris, who is you know my integrator today, but he started as an admin, you know, working for my team seven years ago. And over this time, you know, we built a system and an approach that has evolved into our what we call our velocity engine. 
Um, and, you know, just last year I had another breakthrough moment, but more, more of a, it was a character building, challenging time, but it was really positive looking back at it. Uh, my wife, Christine, got sick during the lockdown and she was in bed for 30 days. I mean, 100%, zero energy, totally out. And I was able to leave the business 100% for the entire month. I didn't have a handoff process. I didn't have a meeting with my team. I was like, hey, I got to take care of my family, my kids. I'm out. And nothing fell through the cracks. Everything kept on humming along, zero client complaints or employee issues. You know, everything just went perfectly smooth. That's great. And maybe just for a little bit of context, because we didn't talk about this yet, is you've got two businesses right now. What are the two businesses so people understand sort of how they run? And I think that'll provide some additional framework and context too. Yeah. So my first company is Global Mac IT. We're an out, we do outsourced IT for law firms that use Apple computers. So very specific niche. Uh, so we work with law firms with about 10 to 50 users nationwide. And then the second company I started is called Bobagard, and that is a turnkey cybersecurity suite built specifically for law firms. And the only reason I was able to build this second company is because I was able to get to Globe Mac IT spending less than one day a week. So it gave me the freedom uh, and, and kind of ability to use my creativity to create the problem to another solution that I identified in the market. Right. And... One of the things that uh, I want—I'm going to circle back a little bit to the EOS experience because, okay, so here you are—you got a big problem, you made the leap, and it took you two and a half years really to to get this. And and I know I was in a pickle with my last companies, and we just knew we were an operational train wreck. And I remember talking and you know wanting to do the EOS thing too, but what I found frustrating at the time was, okay, I got to shell out a bunch of money. And it felt like a theoretical system to me. It was like, I needed my, my stuff fixed now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the nature of it is it takes a while to get it rolling. Um, hence the big opportunity here, which is, is there a way to accelerate what um, scaling up, what Jim Collins talks about, um, and practically every other systemization, create a great COO process led business is all about. Um, and I think that might be a good place to transition over to the system you have. Um, so why don't you again, talk a little bit about the one day work week system. And we did talk about where it came from, but uh, you know, what, what are the foundational building blocks of it? Yeah. Again, you know, I was heavily influenced by, EOS and Rocket Fuel, which was written by, by Mark Winters and Gina Wickman, you know, scaling up all of Jim Collins's work. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Greg McKeown, uh, Essentialism, mm -hmm. Benjamin Hardy, all the strategic coach. And I, I'm a big believer in fractals. I can't uh, talk to them in any length of time that would make sense. But essentially, I think everything is the same, right? A car is a car, whether mm -hmm. it's a Ferrari or a you know, a Kia Sorento, right? They've all got the same basic components. And so it's just different ways to build it. And I've always loved, like take cooking, for example, I'll go on a quick tangent. Um, my brother loves to cook. My parents do. My sister was good at it. Through college, my parents, you know, my whole family used to joke that I didn't know how to boil water, right? It was mac and cheese and mm -hmm. classic, you know, college food. Uh, really, really basic. You know, fast forward 20 years later, I'm a pretty darn good chef. 
And that's not because I went to school. It's because I went and found proven recipes and processes, and I follow them to a T. And most people don't do that. I've seen people fail at implementing every single system I talked about here, you know, EOS, scaling up, et cetera. And so what I'm constantly seeking is how can I improve them? What are the key things that are missing that we can tweak and improve that's going to increase the chance of success? And so that's essentially what we've done, right? So we've been building a library of SOPs. We've templated a lot of the key pieces. We've created additional tools that kind of address some of the gaps, you know, to help our team get there faster, help our, you know, high performing employees who rise to the top, but they tend to be rugged individualists and now they need to learn how to delegate. So we've learned how to shortcut that entire process. Um, yeah, I'm going to take a breather and see okay. where you want to jump in there. Well, um, I think the, the biggest things is, is um, what I really want to do is explore through your lens, um, you know, doing this for yourself inside your own businesses and what you see the needs are in other companies when you tear in and um, find like, how do you, what are the things that you can do that are the biggest shortcuts that prove provide the most significant results in the shortest period of time that um, like, let's pretend, for example, you do what you guys do, which is, you know, you workshop this and in three days you start building out a process and implement it with an organization. Like what are the things that you focus on first or should we just go through the system and, and tear it apart that way. So I'm going to let you decide how to answer that question. But ultimately, I'm going to approach this from the, the listener or the viewer's point of view, mm -hmm. which is what are the shortcuts? What's the fastest way to get the most profitable, productive results with the team? And knowing what you know now, if you had to do this all over again, so start another company and do it right this time what are the key things that you do in what order? Um, or if you were acquiring a business and you had to go in and fix it, what would you do? Or if you're just going through and doing what you guys do, which is advising organizations, going in and providing this as a service, like what's the approach and how do you get the most done in the shortest period of time and get a team on board too? Or if there's missing team members, mm -hmm. you know, what do you focus on first? Yes. So this is exciting because it's kind of like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. That's the whole um, idea. I can choose option C. We're going to take one step back. I think before talking about, you know, the solution and kind of what we've created, I think it's important to understand, like, you know, because people right now, there's probably a lot of people running on EOS or scaling up, you know, by Vern Harnish or these different things. And they're like, so what's, what's wrong? What's the problem with those? Uh, you know, the client you introduced me to yesterday, for example, he had implemented EOS. Uh, and this was one of the worst examples I've heard, but it, he, he shared that it al almost drove his business into the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, his EOS implementer uh, didn't have real enough real-world experience. You know, one of the key things with EOS is that they cannot give advice. They just kind of guide you through the tools. There's value in that, but there's also a drawback, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes if we don't have the capability, if we haven't been through something, and it's like, oh, you know, follow the tool, mm -hmm. figure it out, you know? And I think sometimes people want that advice. You know, if you have specific guidance you can share, it can be, you know, immensely impactful at the right time and place. Yeah, but if um, I'm driving my, uh, my high-speed sports car and I'm about to plow into a wall, 
I don't want someone to say, hey, you'll read the manual. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So you, all right. You can buy that car. You can, uh-huh. you know, drive it around and act like you're, you know, who knows what, and you go right into the wall. Or you can go to a little training course, a little one-day, you know, mm-hmm. uh, course thing with a, with a guide. Uh, or what if you could have a, you know, professional driver be in the car with you every day mm-hmm. for 30 days? Yeah. I mean, that latter option, obviously, you're going to be light years ahead of where you would be with one and two. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think the, you know, the, there's, you're handed a manual and you've got to fill it out, right? So I, I think that's one of the drawbacks with EOS. Uh, with, with scaling up, when, when we had tried to implement it a few years back, it was too complex. You know, it wasn't really a step-by-step system. Um, you know, again, you need, the, the consistent thing that I realized is that you need a guide to create real transformation quickly. We didn't have that. Right, we worked with with, for, with our EOS implementer for two and a half years, but it took us an, another two and a half years after that to get to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And even then, we are the exception to the rule. When I talk to a lot of companies running on some of these systems, they're not running on some of these systems; they're running on a modified version that they lazily veer off of. And mm-hmm. that's everything in life, right? You get in shape, you get fit, then you start veering off, and then you get back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the key is you need a guide alongside you. You know, what are the shortcuts that are available to get you from here to there in a shorter amount of time? And essentially, that's what we've been kind of obsessed over and created. Yeah, that's, um, and I, I look at it, you know, if, if selling me five years is not attractive, selling me a year isn't attractive, unless I really, really know what the end result is. If, and if someone says to me, I'll give you six months worth in a week, um, but it's going to cost you a 10x premium. You know, it's it's easier for me to do the math in my head and figure out the benefits of that. So, um, so I love that. So let's let's just kind of rip into the process. Let's go through it step by step, and um, I'll just ask you questions along the way because okay. I, I really want to. Um, I'm thinking about this through every person I work with right now thinking about like who needs this the most. Yeah. Hey, action taker, Mike Koenig's here. And I just wanted to interrupt for a second and let you know that if you're ready to reinvent yourself and your business, go to connect to Mike.com to learn more and book a conversation with me right now. All right, back to the episode. Who's got the growth and the opportunity, but doesn't have the confidence in their backend systems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, if, if you had all the tools, all the shortcuts, and were able to implement all these in real time with your team over a few days, and then you handed someone who's trained and developed to take over all that, you're gonna, you know, make a giant leap, right? It's almost, uh, I love the term, you know, the unfair advantage, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, do you want to jump into the the different components, the steps? Yeah, the, I the think I think that's good, and then I'll tear them apart with you and ask some questions along the way. Again, I'm looking at this through, um, again, thinking practical, tactical. What can I use for my own team? What do I know I need? Um, and if I think through all the organizations I'm working with right now, you know, like who would I send through this? And um, Again, because I know, just like you, a lot of people who have EOS, a lot of people who have scaling up, more people who need it than have it, and more people have got the gaps. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the Velocity Engine, uh, there, there's six different components. So the first one is vision design. 
Then we've got diagnose and track. The next one is the right team. The fourth is the process hub. The fifth is the tech ROI multiplier. I think that's a key component that's not really featured in most of the other systems. Mm -hmm. So I've got an IT background. I think there's a tremendous amount of leverage that is continually untapped into most organizations. And then the final step is the velocity uh, that kind of ties everything together and gets the momentum, you know, so you're moving forward, making continual progress. Okay, so let's uh, let's tear into the the first one, the vision design. Um, what is it? How's it different from some of the other systems? And uh, what do you focus on when you're when you're doing this? Yeah. So, if you can imagine running a business without a clear vision, is kind of like packing for a trip without knowing where you're going, mm-hmm. right? All right, Mike, get packing. We're we're leaving in four hours. Yeah. My my wife hates it when I do that. So that's my way, by the way, of. Uh, I'm quick start. I just like to be moving. Mm-hmm. So I'll drive 50 miles out of the way as long as I'm moving versus stand in line. Um, but um, so I'll say, let's get in the car. She's like, where are we going to go? And I go, I don't know. I'll figure it out as soon as we get on the road. We got a couple miles till we're on the highway. <laughs> Might and work I'm for like, you. We're either going to go. Here's what I'll tell you. We're either going to go north or south, honey. Is it getting and colder? There's great it getting places. <laughs> there's great places either way. But I swear to God, that's the way I do. Uh, that's the way I do dinner. I like a surprise, and I'll think about it. But I just want to get moving. Yeah. Come on, honey, let's get out of here. You got enough makeup on. Do All I right. need a coat? Well, yeah. I need a swimsuit. You yeah. know, do I need bug spray? Right. Um, you're you know, perfect just the way you are, honey. Perfect the way you are. <laughs> if you don't know where you're going, it's it's really hard, and and especially again for this entrepreneur who's got more potential business coming in then they're able to handle a lot of them. Again, like your client we spoke to yesterday, he's like, I don't have the time to stop and create and, and, and do all this. Yeah. He's like, I'm just trying to keep the whole thing together. Totally. And, you know, if I'm blowing up, if I lose this one giant client, it's, you know, 10, 15, 20, $30 million gone. Yeah, there's no, there's no time for him to slow down. He's either going to be fighting fires and adding competent people that hopefully are going to come to the table with instruction manuals and systems with them. That's, that's his reality. And, and I, even when I was just telling you the story about my wife a second ago, that's basically the way I've started and run most of my business. It's like, let's get moving. I'll sell stuff. We'll figure it out when we're there and we can always afford to pay good people. Uh, as soon as we're moving, that's been my reality. That is we'll figure truth. it out. Yeah. The problem that I find in, in a lot of these systems that I learned is that they're not holistic. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, it's just like, okay, let's make a long-term vision for the business. Let's have a BHAG. Let's do all these things. But mm-hmm. what about personal? Where does your personal life come into that? And if it's not a priority, you're going to build a, you know, super successful path to divorce or a lack of a connection with your children, or you wake up one day and you're like, wow, I've got all this stuff, but all my kids are gone and my wife left me and I'm miserable and I'm out of shape. Right. Uh So you've, you've got to, you've got to consider both. Right. So it's the long-term personal and business goals, you know, that inspire you, your team and your loved ones that you've got to create. And so we did our own visioning, kind of synthesizing, you know, a whole bunch of different tools and approaches and crafted our own. Okay, great. All right. So that makes a ton of sense. And um, so step two, what do we got? Uh, step two is diagnose and track. Um, you know, I learned, uh, I think it was Robin Robbins. Um, she runs an IT uh, producers club. And, uh, you know, I learned from her, she said, 
um, prescription without diagnosis is malpractice, mm-hmm. right? So essentially, you got to figure out where's the issue, where's the yeah. primary pain, what's the single domino you've got to first focus on, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 again, typically, when you've got a whole hot pile of messes. Most people will try to work on every single mess at the same time, making zero real progress. And so Dan Sullivan says, all progress starts by telling the truth. So you've got to be able to identify um, any, you know, all your challenges that exist in your business and figure out what's the priority, right? What's the single biggest issue that if we address this, it's going to resolve the most amount of pain right now. Um, you know, we realized when we started, you know, we, we started analyzing all of our contracts and agreements that we had when we finally had the time to figure it out. And we realized we were essentially paying a client and he was the biggest pain in the ass client that we had. <laughs> so we let him go. We increased our profitability and we reduced 80% of our stress, you know, and the whole team, uh, w- w- was extremely grateful. Um, you know, so once you get the clarity around your financials and clear insights, you know, you can kill the spray and pray approach, just the, the frantic, you know, putting out fires constantly in a reactive mode of chaos. Uh, you know, I know so many entrepreneurs that operate from that zone and all you're doing is backpedaling. You, mm-hmm. know, you, you can never actually stop and be really intentional. And so you've got to do that. You got to diagnose where are you? Where's the pain? What's the solution? What's the order of priority? We want to work on different things and, and go from there. Yeah. I don't remember if it was you who said this yesterday when you were chatting about um, it's a story about someone who is pulling people out of a river who are drowning. Was mm-hmm. that your story? Yeah, it's a story I remember from uh, Tony Robbins would tell in uh, Personal okay. Power 2, I believe it was. Personal Power 2. <laughs> yeah, he's got that Tony Robbins voice. Uh, I won't try to make that's, it. That's how I met him too, Personal yeah. Power 2. And, uh, you know, essentially he's, he's like, oh, you're walking along and you see someone floating down the river and like, help, I'm drowning. And you jump into the river and you pull them to, you know, to, to the edge and you save them. And as soon as you do that, you see someone else coming down the river and you jump back into the river and you pull them and you, you rescue them and you pull them to the edge. And you're so focused doing that, that you're not able to, you know, stop and go upstream and figure out who keeps throwing them in. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're in chaos mode, you're not fixing the root cause of an issue and you keep yeah. revisiting the same problem over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, right. So single problem, you don't end up paying for just once but you're paying for it five, 10, 15, 20 times. Yeah, you're right. So the bottom line is you got to find the source of the disease if you're going to cure it. And uh, if you're looking downstream or looking at the symptoms, you're screwed. There's a um, old saying, It's a, I've used it for many, many years when I'd speak. It's he or she who first diagnoses the disease is the one to be trusted with the cure. And um, that is totally true is when you can go in, I can remember um, it wasn't that long ago, I met with someone and I had heard them speak and I said, Hey, if you'd like, I'm happy to meet with you for a minute. Cause I think there's a couple things I can give you just a couple ideas that'll remark. They'll change your, your business. And they're like, okay. So we sat down and, uh, I told them one thing and, and basically I said, I, I, what I want to do is give you a gift, but I'm going to be really, really direct with you. Is that okay? And he says, sure. And basically I told him this one thing and it would, I said, this thing is good. You're going to waste six to 12 months and a minimum of $2 million. And I'll prove it to you. And I know, and you will know it's true when I tell you what it is. And he looked at me, he said, okay, that's right. And he goes, what do you, what do you think I should do instead? 
And I said, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, all right, what do you think that'll t- cost? How much will it take? And I go, I think it's about 300 grand. He goes, let's do it. So I want a $300,000 client from solving a, a two to $3 million problem he was about to make and wasting at least six months of time. And so um, uh, one of the things, I, and I wanted to relate that to you because I know just in looking at your materials, like what you've, you and Chris have done is just built tools, you know, resources that are repeatable and reusable. So, um, all right, let's land in number three. This is, this is actually my favorite one, and it's the one that I'll have to admit is not my specialty. Not, not just my, yet. No, yeah, uh, there you go. Quick thing, Listen well, to you, Mr. Positive. So and it actually it, has been, but not to the d- degree I'd like it to be. Not at scale. It's, it, it, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, before we jump into that one, the, the, the second one, so diagnose and track. And so the tracking part is really mm-hmm. figuring out what are the most important things in your business. Um, you know, most CPAs are historians, right? By the time you're looking at a P&L statement, mm-hmm. that's a historical document, mm-hmm. right? And so you've got to figure out what are the leading indicators? What are the tasks that if these things are happening on a regular basis, I know business is good. I know clients are going to be happy. I know we're going to be growing. We're going to be profitable and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that's another component of, uh, of that, the diagnose and track as well, figuring out what are the key things to, to, to monitor. Okay. Um, so the third one is the right team. If you're stuck working in your business all the time, as opposed to working on your business, if, you're, if you don't have you know, the freedom to focus on, on growth and creativity. Um, if you're working more than a couple of days a week, it's very likely you don't have an effective and properly leveraged COO uh, or integrator. And so the right team is, yeah, it, it, this is a challenging light. Um, you, you know, I remember we had a mixed team of players, Right, A, B, and C players, probably some mm-hmm. Bs. Um, you know, we had kind of hot and cold employees. Oh, this guy's great if he's having a good day, but if he's having a bad day, everyone watch out. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, some people you have uh, you'll have no employees. Whenever you have an idea or something you want to do, the answer is no. You know, uh, there's also nice people syndrome. That's a really tough one. That that took me years to overcome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. love helping people. I believe in people. I believe people can change and improve. And just because I like you doesn't mean you're doing a good job. Yeah. Yep. And I uh-huh. I, I spent yeah, I kept you know team members on for way past their prime. You know because of that because I you know oh they have families they have kids at home and mm-hmm, all this mm-hmm. and I justified it. Um, you know you got squeaky wheels people afraid of change. Um, you've got people that have been with you since the beginning so you feel that they're uh, you know it's almost like they're tenured employees but the truth is they're doing crappy jobs now mm-hmm, or, or they mm-hmm. haven't grown with the growth of the company. Right, we have one team member. He's like, "Yeah, I just like things how they used to be. I used to be able to talk with you, Tom, all the time, and now I barely ever talk to you." It's like, "Well, we're changing, we're growing, we're going mm-hmm. a different direction." Yeah, and some people resist. Or change. you haven't been evolving, which is why you're stuck, and yeah. you know that's a choice, mm-hmm. right? That wasn't inflicted on you, and uh, yeah, I got and it. Not having the right team, you know, I think this is one of the most common reasons entrepreneurs might be thinking you're looking for an out, mm-hmm. right? Five years ago, if I could have, I would have sold 
you know, my first company, Goldmac IT, and, and, and walked away because mm-hmm. I was just sick and tired of it. You know, I had so many team members, so many drama and problems, and well over half of our leadership meetings every single week were spent discussing about issues and problems with employees and some of the causes. And you end up holding back on specific initiatives you want to make because you're not mm-hmm. confident in the person who it should be going to. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you add up all these different things, first off, you're bleeding hundreds of thousands of dollars because you're not making the progress. Yep. You know, you're losing clients. Um, you know, things are getting dropped. There's, there's so many painful processes. And so getting to the right team, to me, the right team is having the right structure to support you, first of all, as a CEO. So do you have an executive assistant? Is she properly trained? Is she, you know, the right executive assistant is going to double to quadruple the amount of things you get done, mm-hmm. hands down. Uh, I put off hiring an EA for years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the most important role in your team is the COO, you know, and are they properly developed? Do you have a strong relationship where you're both supporting each other? Um, so the goal is to have hundred percent a players, right? Mm-hmm. If you want a winning team, you know, you look at sports that you don't get a winning team with a bunch of B players. So how can you get to having a players across the board? Got it. Okay. Um, so, you know, the, the big one that I envy the most when I look at your systems, like I met Chris yesterday. He's your COO slash integrator. He started with you when he was young. He was an EA originally, and then he evolved and developed. And being able to um, cultivate that is awesome. I also think it's probably fairly rare. And I was at a... a a conference this, this summer in Mexico, and one of the guys there said, um, and he's, you know, in his 40s now, and he's had a couple very successful tech firms that have sold. And what he said is, he said, I will never, ever hire anyone who hasn't done what I need done before. In other words, he's, he, has, he just said, I, I'm done hmm. cultivating talent. Hmm. I'm only going to find and select it. And I'll pay the extra and and, um, and get what I need. Um, do you have an opinion on that? I'm curious what your pro- point of view is. I uh, I would be more on the flip side of that. Okay. Um, I fear people's inherited beliefs and and limited viewpoints that you know can be developed. You know, in the ego of like, oh, this is how I do it. And I'm really good in this. Uh, you know, not to say that I'm right. That's just my mm-hmm. viewpoint. I believe in hiring the right people, people, the, the people that align with our core values and our culture and who we are as a company, where we're going. Mm-hmm. And then I believe, you know, in teaching them the skills that they need. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a lot easier to do because we have the processes in place that are documented. Um, so that, that really helps us create that reality. But when you hire, if you hire for skill, and you overlook the core value fit, you're going to have a bunch of really skilled people that don't fit in and don't work out. And those are expensive mistakes. Yeah. So as long as his approach is to hire with the skills and ensure they're hundred percent aligned with the core value, the, the mission of the company, all that, right on. then uh, I think that'll work. Yeah. And that's, that is, um, you know, when you look at it, it'll be like, are, are skills harder to, Higher for than values or are values harder to hire for than skills? Um, and can you spot them sooner? 
Um, that's an important question. Again, I'm curious what your perspective is on that one. Definitely. And that, that's really a component of the right team here. Yeah, yeah. Is you have to know exactly what your core values are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that goes back to the vision side of yes, the definitely. Of the process, and and so. we, you know, we use these to attract and repel when we're hiring. You know, our, uh, our recruiting process, for example, our job description, we've just trashed the stereotypical job description and we do a kind of a Q&A format. Mm, so mm-hmm. we've got two sections. So one is job specific. So essentially we come up with five to 10 questions. They interview me, the CEO, like, hey, what's this person going to be doing? What does mm-hmm. their job look like? What is it not going to be? You know, what are you looking for? What are you not looking for? And then we also have a number of questions about the culture of the company. And we get amazing feedback and compliments, um, you know, from uh, from guests, from different people all the time. So yeah, and that I love that. That's something I'd we could do a whole podcast on, which is the hiring process. That's yeah. super intriguing, and I I haven't had a time time to to tear into that yet. But I, um, you know, if there's two things that I look at that I'd want to learn from you so far and all the stuff that we've discussed over the past few days, it's the find, hire, train the COO implementer. Cause if a great chief of staff is unbelievable, but also we're in the process of adding a couple new people to our team. And, um, I know I have some bad hiring habits. I just know it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to eradicate those. But, um, well, let's let's go into step number four. Yeah. Uh, step number four is the process hub. Uh, you know, 20%, probably 10% of your processes within your business are responsible for creating 80% of the results and the output. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to define what are your foundational processes that your business runs and depends on. So, for example, you know, recruiting. Yep. Right? You should always be recruiting, always mm-hmm. interviewing. Um, that was Steve know. Jobs, his number one thing mm-hmm. he said was this, the reason why Apple was so successful. He said that is the, that was his primary focus and number one thing that a great business has to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Most people have a reactive recruiting process. There's mm-hmm. an empty seat. Let's fill it as fast as we can. Yeah. <laughs> right. Versus do you have a Rolodex of people you can choose from? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so for, from that one, it was heavily influenced by the top grading methodology. So mm-hmm. we took a lot of things that we liked from it and we tweaked and kind of made it ours. Um, you know, so you've got to figure out the key processes and that's where, you know, EOS is really strong with that. But then it's like, all right, document them. There's a three-step process documenter, but still people get in their heads. People don't know where to start. What mm-hmm. tool do we use? How do we do it? And creating processes is one of the biggest challenges for people. And so what we've done is we actually interview uh, people on our team interview people on your team to pull out the complexity and, and kind of build out the first versions and get all the stuff stored in their brains. So you start actually getting some processes and then you learn, you see how it's done because it's being done with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so your entire teams learn how to do it. Then they start, you start creating these, you know, SOP self-replicating, you know, team members, right? They're, they're creating more. And so, you know, we figure out the best of breed applications, services, and automations that can do a lot of the work for you. I love that. And, you know, what I've seen of you is you guys, um, so this is a struggle I had. I can remember, you know, every time I've got a, a problem to solve, I look and I search, and I'm like, 
can I find someone else's SOP that most closely matches what we need to do so I can pass that along or introduce you know, a team member to someone who's been actively doing it for a little while. Yeah. Um, and it is incredibly difficult to find pre-made SOPs. And again, that was my pain when I tore into all these business systems is they talk about the thing. They don't give you an instruction manual, a step-by-step guide. And the ones that I do see are usually horrible. I mean, it's like they're clearly written by someone who's not too bright um, and there isn't solid documentation there. So, you know, it's how do you, how do you have, it's like the, you remember the matrix when, um, uh, Morpheus, it's not. Medium. Yeah. I think when they're basically transferring like ninja skills Yes, and, Kung uh, Fu. yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what we want. That's what we want. I want to download Kung Fu, man. Yes. All right. What's number five? Number five. Uh, number five is a tech ROI multiplier. Your special sauce. How can you 10 X your technology leverage in one hour per week? Okay. So I've, this is a, 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 a this is a mindset and kind of worldview I've had as far back as I can remember is, mm-hmm. you know, majority of people who have technology, are you know just like our brain? We use less than ten percent of our brain. We use less than ten percent of our technology. Everyone's got this technology guilt, right? At some point, it's like, oh, we got to use more of enter name of software here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Oh, we should be using all of it. Right? Totally unrealistic and a stupid idea. Um, but most people have twenty to fifty different applications they use on a weekly basis. You figure each of those apps easily has twenty to fifty different things and features it can do, right? So you're looking at 500 to 1,000 features that you have access to learning. Mm-hmm. Most people never tap into them because when they actually take time, okay, I'm going to get better with technology, they have no clue where to start. Yeah. So we've created this uh, technology multiplier process uh, that essentially cu- cre- quickly creates a custom um, curriculum for each person on your team to focus on, spend mm. a little bit of time, and you get a massive improvement in, in technology leverage. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, you know, for example, if you can save ten minutes a day, that's three times. So you find three different technology features that'll save you mm-hmm. ten minutes per day. That's ten hours per month freed up per employee. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so one of the things we actually created is a video with our top seven productivity enhancing tools that we use uh, inside the business. Um, I could, do you want me to rattle them off real quick? Yeah, or? yeah, go for it. I think that's super useful because a couple of them um, I hadn't, I had heard of, but I hadn't used. And like when we were, I was showing you our systems, you're like, hey man, you know, there's this one thing you can use that'll uh, save you a whole bunch of time, make it a lot easier to do what you're doing. I'm like, okay, what's that? And um, I think we're gonna we're gonna switch over. So I'll let you tear into it. Uh, yeah. So Notion mm-hmm. is uh, is one. I'm not gonna get into what each of them are. Essentially, yeah, if you I want, just say, I'm gonna create a video that uh, is gonna share exactly how we use it, give you some ideas, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll make that accessible as one of the bonuses. Sounds good. Um, so Notion, Airtable, fifteen five. That's one five, and then F I V E. Yep. Sweet process. Cloud app, giant time saver, uh, text expander, and then Zapier. I got it. And I know um, like Zapier is a glue between any kind of a web app to make web apps talk to web apps. Um, we use it like crazy. Um, 
I use a version of text expander, which is great because I'm a big shortcut guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like people meet me and they watch what I do on my phone. I've got little shortcuts so I can press a button that'll send you to a download page or um, pre-written. You know, I've got one little one that's like anytime someone says, hey, can I book a meeting with you? It's two letters. I hit enter and boop, it fills out. It basically writes an outbound. Um, but um, yeah, all these these each one of the this deserves a show in itself mm -hmm. but um uh that's great that you're you want to create a video i think that's an awesome idea and we'll provide a a link so anything else um from the tech roi multiplier before we get into number six it's a, so the last component in this whole thing is the velocity engine um you know so how do you get the uh, kind of the self-perpetuating business that you can step away from uh, again, I work, I say one day a week, it's really half a day a week for Gold Mac IT. Um, and Chris, my integrator, he's not too far from working one day a week in each of the companies as well because he's built the right systems and processes, you know, the right team and all these different things. And so the velocity engine, you know, some of the key things are, are getting the right meeting structure in place right? Learning how to run effective meetings, right? Cameron Harold wrote a great book called Meetings Suck. A lot of great information, you know, from that that we kind of integrated it. Um, but you've got to have a, a good meeting structure and rhythm. Um, next level meetings, stoplight meetings, daily stand-ups, uh, weekly success planning. That's a whole process. Mm. I, I was blown away at how ineffective most team members are at just planning out their weeks. Everyone, you know, you just assume, because you know how to plan out your week and, and set priorities that everyone else does, but they yeah. don't. And so we've refined an amazing process that we get really good feedback on all the time. Um, and so once you've got the velocity engine humming and all the other components strong, um, you can run your company in less than one day a month, a week. Yeah. We'll work on the month soon. That'll yes. be, that'll be the, uh, the next level. Um, and, you know, like I didn't believe all this was possible until I got to know you better and, you know, spend the time I have with you. Uh, so talk briefly about um, you and Chris have built this new business, um, my one day work week to help other business owners do this. So why don't you just talk briefly about how the workshop works and, and what your process is to get people from point A to point B. And I think that if I were to bottom line it, what normally could take months of time you guys do in days because of how you go about your, mm -hmm. what your approach is. But, um, you know, what, what can someone expect when they engage with you and what's that look like? Yeah. So, the key difference is, you know, you look at Montessori school education versus public education, right? When you mm -hmm. have a, you know, four to one versus two to one teacher ratio, that makes a huge difference, right? And so what, what, the way we work, you get Chris and I. So you've got the, the CEO and the COO bringing all of our knowledge and we really complement each other. He fills in my gaps and I fill in his gaps. And so when you've got us as a combo working alongside you, bringing all of our existing processes, all of our systems, you know, everything I've learned in the past, 
you know, 20 plus years. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. I don't know if I count going that far back. Uh, I didn't learn too much, uh, you know, selling Mexican candies. Um, but I made a profit. So that was good. So in, you know, the, what we do first, we have a three day workshop and we try to pack again, just we're, we're focused on implementation, execution, how much can we take and what are all the systems that are 80% built out already? And then we work alongside you to get them to 100% and make them yours, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not left with a blank page. You know, it's like writing, for, for example. If I have a blank page in front of me, I can sit there forever and get stuck. But if someone gets the first draft, boom, it's super easy for mm-hmm. me to get it to the last you know, 100%. Even if I slice the whole thing, I, I've got momentum and it's a lot easier to make progress. So we're really working you know, alongside you as we're doing all this. Uh, another big key, one of the biggest dominoes that we found, you know, with the clients is that they really need that number two person. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes there's no one in that seat. And so the CEO ends up being responsible for doing everything, all the things that they really shouldn't be doing. For me, a big light bulb moment was when I read Rocket Fuel by Mark Winters and Gino Wickman. And it's like, hey, every great company has two people at the top. And that was a a massively freeing moment for me because I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, this makes so much sense. There was so much crap I was forcing myself to do that was essentially the equivalent of drinking bleach. And so I would do everything I could not to do them. I'd force myself to do them and I'd do a shitty job doing them because I never Mm -hmm. wanted to do it in the first place. And I just figured, well, I'm a CEO, so it's part of the job. Mm -hmm. You know, you got the shit pile and you got to get through it, but you don't. And so one thing we help them with is um, hiring that COO if they don't have them or further developing that COO because, again, Chris has been through it. He knows the landmines and he can be right there alongside you know, that person on your team to sidestep and, and leapfrog mm-hmm. those landmines, develop the skills that, that, that are needed to make them a more effective COO um, you know, and, and just kind of work on those things. So that's a, that's a big part of what we do. Um, is helping them fill that role or further develop and train that person. And that's just kind of one piece. Yeah. Well, what, what, I, what I like most about this, first of all, there's nothing worse than uh, working with an advisor, a consultant, or a coach and just get a whole list of homework and then be stuck doing homework. Um, and the second thing is like when I think about what do I want as a founder, what does everyone else want, why did I introduce you to... Um, my client yesterday is because I knew you could walk in, um, diagnose the problem, figure out what's wrong, find, hire, train the your number two that every founder wants more than anything, which is a great COO integrator, um, and then walk in with a whole bunch of SOPs that are almost done, modify them, get them implemented, and get everyone on the team, your entire leadership team to think right, which is, you know, this is, this, this is another thing that was pretty surprising to me was what you call the velocity engine step six is it really has a lot to do with how you engage with the team and do proper meetings, proper structured meetings that produce results and they're measurable results. And, and, we're all guilty, in my opinion, everyone I've ever worked with, of having poorly focused, time-wasting meetings that don't produce consistent results. And 
um, I, I hadn't thought of this quite through the lens that you have before. So with that, um, I'm gonna just tell everyone right now watching, listening that um, one of the things that we put together for you is a diagnostic quiz. Um, Tom's put together his top um, productivity enhancing tech tools in the video. That's an add-on, that's really nice of you. Um, a video walk through the system. And then also an opportunity to just do a, a consultation as long as you're a founder of a right fit business, which is the two to 25 million B2B, and you've got to be coachable, committed, and want to collaborate. Um, but what else would you like to add here before we wrap up today? I think the key point is really having that guide alongside you. In five years ago, around the same time I was dealing with the <laughs> impending failure of my company, uh, I was also going through the uh, unique ability work in Strategic Coach. Mm -hmm. And I learned at that time that um, I am a coach. And I didn't want to lead with like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm a business coach, because it's really not that. It's a heck of a lot more. But I think, and, and looking back through you know my past job experiences and all the leaps I've made, uh, it was they were all centered around leadership and developing people. And my unique ability is to help people identify their strengths and obstacles, you know, build a path to a better future, and then help them realize it. And so that's why this is a very hands-on, almost boutique-type service, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but having you know, me and Chris supporting the CEO and COO as we build and implement and make all these things a reality is the massive you know, difference you know, versus here's the tool, you know, implement you know, work through it all and make it happen and good luck. So I think that's really solid. And, um, when Vivian, my wife met you the other night, we went out for dinner. Um, she really liked the idea of you as coach. You know, she, when she heard that after she had spent a lot of time with you and, um, I, it takes a certain kind of person to be a great coach. It really does but also a coach where you don't think of them as like a fitness coach, a $25 an hour coach, but someone mm -hmm. who's a true um, multiplier in a business that's giving you freedom and helping you get a 10X or a 100X from an investment. Mm -hmm. And that I think in itself is a, is a totally different mindset. So, um, well, here's what I want to say. First of all, thank you. It's been a total blast spending time with you. And I'm excited for what you've built here because I, uh, out of all the things I wanted for decades for our businesses, and I see over and over and over again, I have to look at people. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, you need a you need an EA, you need a good EA, but man, you need a chief of staff COO. And I was talking to someone not, you know, just two days ago, and his whole business is in total shambles. And it's just because he hasn't had a great number one. Finances are upside down, um, an ex-partner problem, p potential impending litigation, legal issues, a um, million dollars disappeared. And it's because he didn't have someone like you who could bring in and train someone so he could just focus on what he's great at, which he's a great business owner and entrepreneur. But that's a massive, massive blind spot. And it has been probably for 30 years. Mm -hmm. So um, there's no need to live like that. 
So with that, anything else before we uh, wrap up? Any other final ask before we just send everyone to my day one day my one day workweek.com to get all the goodies? I just want to say it's not a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. I think it can it can one hundred percent absolutely be done. You can have the company that supports. I don't want to say lifestyle. It's not like a lifestyle business thing. Uh, but, but you should be able to have balance. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be able to. You know, I don't write emails on. In, at night, I don't work on the weekends ever. When I go on vacation, I don't bring my laptop. Um, most of the time, I don't even have my email account on my phone. You know, like those are things that can be done, but you have to choose is that a reality you want to manifest? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, it, and it starts with making that decision first, and then you're going to find different ways and clues along the way. And there's some, you know, paths that'll take a certain amount of time, some paths that you can shortcut, uh, but it can be done. So. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying lifestyle business or having a lifestyle business. In fact, most founders who've had big, complex businesses, that's really what they want to get back to is mm-hmm. how can I spend all my time in my uh, superpower, unique ability or zone of genius. So, well, thank you again. And I'll just turn to um, everyone for you watching, listening right now. If you've enjoyed this, make sure you can check out Tom's website at myonedayworkweek.com. Get his free goodies. Um, If you know of someone who can benefit from either what he's doing or the resources he's giving away, send them a link. Uh, If you've enjoyed this, make sure to share it with uh, another founder that you might know. And of course, Dan Sullivan and I always appreciate your comments and your feedback on every episode we create. So with that... Let's say goodbye to everyone, shall we? Thanks for watching. This is another episode of Capability Amplifier. We'll see you next week. Bye.